Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We have just finished the halftime break here on Overtime with Jillian and Chris. I am Chris Unocero. No Jillian Carroll. This afternoon, she will be back presumably next week because I think we will have a show next week with uh, K-State's game being early. And uh, I am joined, as always, by my producer, Julio Sanchez. If you missed the first hour of the show, a lot of Chiefs takes. I think the uh, Patriots, this might be the worst Patriots team that we have seen in 17 years. We can... You can listen to all of that on the podcast page, 610sports.com and the uh, and the uh, radio.com app here pretty shortly. But right now, let's get to Julio's Web Hits. Julio's Web Hits. The phenomena that is Lamar Jackson, I think, has officially reached its peak as the uh, Archbishop of Baltimore... William Laurie gifted Pope Francis with a signed Lamar Jackson jersey with not just Lamar Jackson's signature, but also John Harbaugh's. I think that the uh, the the Chiefs need to probably try to do something like that too, because you know how um, you know how superstitious sports fans are, and you know how we can you know we as fans want to have any good karma that we possibly can. As we go into the playoffs and try to make a championship run, I I think that if the if the Ravens were to somehow win the Super Bowl, I think a lot of people would believe that this was like right here. This is the reason why they did it. The Chiefs need to do something. They need to, need to try to get some sort of good vibes around the team. They need to do some kind of charity work or something so that they can get that good karma when it gets to January and early well, February. They, they do, but the, I think. Right, it's it's at the peak right now with Lamar Jackson and, and the Baltimore Ravens because yeah. they're winning right it, on a consistent basis. I don't think the Chiefs have not been consistent. You know, I'd be willing to. I don't do think that. I don't think uh, Pope Francis knows anything. I would be surprised if he knew he does who now. the hell. I don't even think he, he does. I, I'd be surprised if he knew who Lamar Jackson. Lamar was. Jackson is worldwide officially. I don't know if he's worldwide officially. I don't know if he's worldwide. I don't think football's not that popular of a sport. American football is not that popular of a sport worldwide. Uh, they're trying and failing to try and get a team over in London. We've heard that the Chargers might be a team that goes to London. But that that is the peak, right? When when you're giving a your signature on your jersey to the Pope, I mean, that's a pretty big deal, right? Yeah, but do you think he's wearing that jersey, I though? can't think of any... Well, you never... He's going to throw it in a closet somewhere. Anyway. They're going to put it in, like, a plastic wrap, and they're going to throw it in the closet somewhere, and it's going to be like a relic. Once uh, Pope Francis passes and the next Pope comes in and it'll be like a souvenir or relic from from then. 
They're not gonna. I don't. I don't. I don't think charity the, auction. I don't think he's rocking that jersey around no the, the Vatican. Wears, but no one wears those signed jerseys like that anyway. But that's not the. You frame it. You put it. I don't think he's framing it. it it's gonna go in plastic and it's gonna something. go in a closet somewhere in the Vatican. Probably. I do not think he. I don't think he knows who that is. I'm not certain. Like he probably knows what football is. I don't think he knows very much about right. Lamar Jackson or the team. Very much doubt uh, he knows who Lamar Jackson is. Yeah. Still doesn't take the luster off giving your jersey to the Pope. Uh, moving on to a topic that, um, well, I would just really like to spend the rest of the segment talking about because there are just multiple layers to this. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to surprise you with a little bit of this first. Um, so Jen Slater of uh, the NFL Network has said that uh, the Cowboys, and this is the general Cowboys theme here, uh, have reached out to Urban Meyer uh, as interest to a head coaching position that still has <laughs> still filled right now. <laughs> I did see that. Um, bleep Urban Meyer. He uh, he, he <laughs> oh, left. He left. He left the you're Florida program in shambles. He left us in shambles when he left. So bitter. He filled it up with a bunch of guys who had uh, who engaged in criminal activity. We've had many guys who have gotten in trouble off the field from the teams that he had. We've had a lot of coaches quit and leave, and it took many years for the program to repair some of those relationships to for us to get back like Dan Mullen and Billy Gonzalez and all those guys. And Dan Mullen is working hard to build up the Gator standard, Gators 2020. And I'm telling you right now, man, Urban Meyer leaves every program he goes to in shambles. Ohio State. He, he helped ruin their reputation. They weren't in a terrible position. They, I mean, Dude, he, he hired a coach that caused a major problem for them all last year. But he wins. He wins. He wins. Oh, and I agree with he that. Wins. He absolutely wins. He, I, I'm very thankful for the two national titles that he brought to my Florida Gators. But uh, we, we had our names dragged through the mud because of all the convictions and all of the legal troubles that the players had. There's a lot of, there's some stories on the internet about the issues that he, he and his staff overlooked. I think there's a story where um, Percy Harvin had allegedly beat up or had punked uh, wide receivers coach Billy Gonzalez. Like, you can't have that. You can't have players beating up their position coaches. And he allowed that allegedly when he was uh, the coach of Florida in his his stint there. You can't have that on your team. So uh, I'll tell you this. If you want... Any coach to come in and ruin your organization, Urban Meyer will do it. But it's already kind of ruined, isn't it? I mean, uh, Cowboys fans don't have any faith in their team right now. As far as like on the field goes, I mean, it, you want to talk about scandal, show. though. It'll you want to talk about show. scandal. But if they win, that solves everything, right? Yeah, I mean, but they got to win. He's never coached at the NFL level. It's way different from college. Bar's he can't. He can't run the the spread option in the NFL and think it's going to work. Like. I mean, there's, there's going to be some some changes there for sure. And on top of that, there's going to be some scandal out, outside of football in Dallas if he's there because he's going to turn a blind eye and he's going to hire questionable people. Moving on to the same topic, just a little more in depth because it's been entertaining all week, uh, especially when it comes to Jerry Jones. Uh, Cowboys fans thought they were at the bottom of the barrel what, two weeks ago when they lost to the Bills 26-15. Yeah. <laughs> well, it got... Uh, they found an even lower level after they lost to the lowly Mitchell Trubisky-led Bears 31-24. 
which has led to some frustration by one owner, Jerry Jones, who was on uh, a radio show this week, and uh, he was he was kind of asked, "Well, well, are you embarrassed right now by the way the Cowboys are playing?" What answer do you have for how this team is playing right now? We're not playing very well. Are you embarrassed? Are you embarrassed as an organization about how the team is hey, playing? Get your damn act together yourself. <laughs> okay? Now, I'm, 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 we're going to have a good visit this morning, but uh, settle down just a little bit. I, I mean, I, 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 as <laughs> a Cowboys a fan, We've Jerry. Got a, a lot to go over. Now, go on with your question, but uh, uh, I'm going to uh, give you the answers I want to give you this morning. And uh, I don't like your attitude, dude. Come in. I've been traveling all night, and I'm not. I don't have the patience to jack with you today. I, I understand that, Jerry. I'm just <laughs> saying, like emotionally. Okay, uh, let's get with it, and let's ask some questions. All right. What kind of question? <laughs> I don't like your attitude. I love that. <laughs> Jerry Jones is the only guy that would do that. Like, if if any other owner would be nice about it, they would be like, they would dance around that that the answering that question. Jerry Jones does not give a bleep. He does not care Why whatsoever. He? Why should he? He went out there and tried to punk these radio hosts on their own show. And and I'll tell you this, kudos to them for not bucking at him. Kudos to them be like, hey, this is a legitimate question. They handled it very well. They it handled is. it, it was. professionally. That was as professional as it comes. Because I'll tell you this, I think a lot of guys... Would have been intimidated when they they're interviewing the one of the most pro, one of the most prolific owners, influential for sure, influential for sure in the NFL, and he tells them we're not going to have that. He's like, <laughs> I mean, he tried to punk them on their own radio show in the interview. Told them I'm going to answer the questions that I want to answer, give you the answers that I want to I want to give you, and they didn't buck at it. They kept pushing a little bit, like that is. I tell you that it takes some cojones to go out there and and stare down Jerry Jones and be like, I'm not going to move. Well, you you think that was uh, that had some cojones on it? Uh, Jerry Jones got even a little more frustrated after uh, a few follow up questions to uh, that part of the segment. Even if you add them something in that, unless they're not involved in the National Football League right now, and it wouldn't be smart if they were involved other places. So you know, we we. Uh, we won't understand that because of some of the answers you just can't do you, give. Do you understand bullshit? <laughs> we, we just had to drop that twice, so. i just leave it. Thank goodness for the Radio.com app. What would be your response to the fans who last night on social media said they felt like this team quit on Jason Garrett? Uh, all right, that's it. Oh. Seems like he didn't want to answer that question, Kevin. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> that was super fascinating. Uh, we got our uh, program director Gavin Spittle joining us right now. What what happens is is that um, we have a delay system in the radio station, and when certain words are used, we hit the dump button, and it cuts down. If you hit it twice in a row, which I had to do because of the two swears. Um, that automatically cuts everything off of the radio station oh, okay. minus the host. So, so we no. hung up on Jerry? We did, actually. Holy crap. Oh, my God. We did it. So here's my question to you, sir. How He was already obviously pissed off. How yeah. much more pissed off do you think he was in the fact that they, they, 
They hung up on him. First off, kudos to 105.3 <laughs> The Fan in Dallas for that audio. Our sister station here Wonderful for audio. Intercom. That was I mean, that Lots was of gold. That. I, I, I hope nobody on this station ever has to do that with anybody because uh, oh, that's so. awkward. As, no, because that's awkward as hell, man. That is, I know that had to be awkward as hell for those hosts having to do that with Jerry freaking Jones. So I, I don't envy them at all. And I hope no one here ever has to go through anything like that. Uh, but with that being said, um, I guarantee you Jerry Jones is pretty pissed man, about being pissed. hung up on like that. Ooh, oh, yeah. And like, no, no. And here's the thing about it is that they did it right. Because like whenever they we, were professional about it, because whenever we have people call in here uh, to to the station, if you curse, you're gone. We hang up on you immediately. Like there's no negotiating. We dump yeah, you and Jerry we cut Jones. you off. You don't hang up on Jerry Jones. Yeah, but he cursed twice. He cursed twice. Jerry Jones. He can buy the radio station. He can curse as many times as he wants. He he cursed twice in, in very in a very short succession. You got to go at that point because at that point, because it, it was very clear he was in a surly mood because of the, the embarrassing embarrassment question, which is hilarious. Yeah, but look how much entertainment you lose out on. You had him to that point already where. Yeah, but you, I mean, you're risking FCC fines, though. We're talking about money it. here. I'd pay it for that entertainment value. I'd pay it. We're talking about Fine. money here, though. And like you say that now, but if I, I go on a cursing tirade that's entertaining here, at you're 610, not Jerry Jones. That's what I'm saying, though. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be entertaining. It does matter who it is. It could be. No, it does. It clearly doesn't because they hung up on his ass. On accident, though. They, that was an accident. That was on purpose. That was. They said they. they yeah, they hung up on. They knew that because he when he hit the dump button that second time, he knew what the deal was. He knew that this was happening. This is goodbye, Jerry Jones, for the rest of the day. Well, for the rest of uh, probably this season and beyond. Oh, he'll be back on there next You think week. so? I, don't yeah, know. I think so. I, I think, I mean, because it's probably, knowing radio, it's probably some sort of paid, um, some sort of paid part of a deal to get Jerry Jones on there. So I'd be willing to bet that it's it's probably something that they've negotiated. He'll be back on there. We need to make week. sure we tune in next week when they're, when he's on. I'm pretty sure Follow somebody up. will hear. Somebody here will. It'll it'll be on ESPN or something. They'll probably talk about it on first take because they're going to try to get the aftermath of that. I, I'm saying this if you know if he, if, if, if he does come back on next week, it's going to be awkward. Like if you're Jerry Jones, <laughs> very awkward. Jerry Jones is going to ask why he got hung, got hung up on at the beginning of the show. It's probably not going to be in a good mood, especially if, if they lose back. again. If if he comes back, and especially if they lose again. And now you got all these rumors coming out. Oh boy! Because not only they that, lose again. Not only that, but like you saw on the uh. sidelines during that Bears game. I mean, like Jalen Smith was trying to get the cameras to get away from the sideline because they recorded the players looking sad and angry, and you know some of them are like throwing their water. They were because they were pissed off at uh, at the way the team was performing, and Jason Witten is yelling at his coaches and his players on the sideline during the game. I mean, this team is in full meltdown mode. And they play the Rams next week, which, which is, I mean, they're not the greatest team right now, but they're no pushover. They're in position to win their division Woo. and get to the playoffs. And fans are still in meltdown mode. But they're over six where and this seven. That doesn't. They're six and seven. Look, I don't think Chiefs fans would be to like be proud that. Of. I don't think it's not some to be proud of. But Chiefs fans, I don't think they would be in meltdown mode like that. Uh, I beg to differ. If on that. we were, because like we didn't get to full meltdown mode until we were two and fourteen, like the twenty twelve season was meltdown mode. It yeah, wasn't. But we like, didn't have. We didn't have a stable running back. We didn't have. Uh, well, I guess we did, but we, we didn't have a, a stable quarterback. 
a franchise yeah. quarterback. I mean, they they have enough pieces. Fans would be angry, but like you wouldn't the see the clear. Would you wouldn't see the players with this much disdain on the sidelines during the games if the Chiefs were six and be seven. Be fair, they do have Todd Haley on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. Like I just Todd don't Haley think you. Asked. I just don't think you would. Well, you talking about twenty twelve? No, that was Romeo Cornell. Haley Not got much fired. better. Haley got fired the year before. So that is the end of Julio's web hits. That was a. That, that Cowboys audio is is very, very entertaining. And we'll, we'll see if there is a next week addition to that story. We'll certainly be looking out for it. But coming up next, we ask the question, is it realistic to think that Tom Brady might be finishing his career in New England after this season? It's next. Here on Overtime with Julian and Chris. Here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, the radio.com app as well. Chris Onocero, Julio Sanchez, no Julian Carroll this weekend. She'll be back next week, presumably. And we have a little bit of breaking news out of the world of professional boxing. Uh, if you have not heard the news already, Anthony Joshua defeated Andy Ruiz via unanimous decision to claim the IBF, WBA, WBO heavyweight titles. Uh, I believe they did that fight out in Saudi Arabia. Um, so they did that fight earlier. I forgot it was in Saudi Arabia. I was actually thinking, I was like, I'm going to watch this fight tonight after the show. No, it's on the other side of the world. So it was done earlier. Uh, they got this fight out of the way early. And Anthony Joshua avenges his loss. To Andy Ruiz from earlier this year, reclaims his heavyweight titles uh, in what was a massive upset back in the summer when Ruiz was able to tire out Joshua and beat him and win those titles. He is a big boy. He is. He's a big boy. Ruiz came into the fight like, I think it was like 30 pounds heavier or something like that uh, than uh, than Joshua was. Because I think he came into the fight like 280, like 283, 285 or something like that. So he's a he's a big boy. It shows. Yeah, it, it definitely it shows. shows. It definitely shows. And you know, don't let his physique be deceiving. He packs a punch, and uh, he definitely was putting some hits in on Joshua the first time they fight. So I think now this certainly sets up a rematch in the future, and maybe just maybe now that Joshua's got his titles back and he got his win back, if he's able to beat Ruiz a third time, maybe we see Ruiz and Deontay Wilder. Should Deontay Wilder go I'm out there for. and beat Tyson Fury later? Uh, what was it? I think they're going to fight in February. So if Wilder gets that win, or whoever wins that fight, Joshua fight is obviously the uh, correct answer for the next fight after that, especially if uh, we get a, a Ruiz and Joshua matchup rematch, which I think we probably should because it's now one and one in the series. Just let's not play it halfway across the world. Yeah, in do the it in, of the day. You know, do it in prime time. It here. doesn't count if we don't see it. Yeah, it doesn't count. If, yeah, you know, like to me, like they got a bunch of money from the Saudi government to do the fight there, probably fifty to hundred million. Because I know they've been paying a lot of money to the WWE to do shows there, two shows a year. So I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And they got a lot of money for this to make up for the fact that it's probably going to hurt the pay per view numbers, a pretty pretty good amount. So. Uh, hopefully, they uh, the zone got some of that money back on from the uh, Saudi government there. Um, but 
getting back into football, one of the big questions that we've heard about this week, one of the big talking points, is that this might be the last time or one of the last times that we see Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady. And this could be the game where we see the passing of the torch. Tom Brady finally being taken down by the next greatest quarterback in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes. And there certainly is a lot of talk about that going on in the city of Boston, as a lot of fans there believe that there might this might be the end of Brady's time up there in the New England area. Here is audio from WEEI where they are talking about the potential that Tom Brady might have played, might be playing one of his last games up there. Are these Tom Brady's final days with the Patriots? Let me just read a couple of lines that you wrote. The end of Tom Brady's career as a Patriot. They can, will, and should ignore it now. But unless there's a radical course change in the next 90 days, that's what's coming. Is that uh, a strong opinion on your part or an informed statement? I would say it's a combination of both, informed, um, just, you know, with the people I've talked to who, who aren't saying he's gone, he's leaving, but a lot of, yeah, this is probably it, enjoy it while it lasts, intimations. And I think that it's a variety of reasons, which I try and lay out in the story. And there's not a, that's the interesting thing to me about this, Dale, is it's 90 days away. It looms. It's clearly looming. We haven't spoken much about it because it is a little difficult to get your brain around. And there's a football season going on. But after 19 years and all that's gone on, it is the most important story to this franchise, probably in its history. So it's worth at least broaching it at this juncture to say, hey, this is coming. And I'll tell you this, it can be a little hard to believe that Tom is finished either through retirement or him deciding he's going to leave New England and go elsewhere. That could be a little bit hard to believe. But then when you hear about some of the problems that they've got going on in New England, just from a player standpoint, then maybe it kind of does a little bit of convincing. Here's Dan Orlovsky, who was uh, on this week earlier um, talking about the – he was on um, Golik Wingo talking about some of the issues that this Patriots offense is facing right now. There's such a lack of detail. There's such a lack of trust and belief in those guys around Tom Brady right now. So Kansas City's defense – Outside of Edelman, obviously. Yeah, the yeah, only yeah. person, correct. The, and it's also, it's also Josh McDaniels now. Like yeah. Josh McDaniels doesn't know – who to trust or what to trust when it comes to from like trust is really difficult. Knowing who to trust is even harder. And so I don't see new England's offense just rectifying itself. They'll have some success and they'll get some stuff going because Kansas city's defense isn't great. So it's very apparent. Now we heard this earlier. Uh, if you listened earlier in the show, uh, Christian Fourier from WEI, he was on Fesco in the morning earlier this week and talked about how they have receivers. that can't even run simple slant routes. Like, they have a bevy of problems right now on that roster. And we know that Tom Brady can get out of his contract after this year. The way he negotiated it, he is able to opt out of his contract after this season. So it is certainly possible that Tom Brady is able to uh, get out of New England and go elsewhere. But I, I personally believe that if Tom Brady leaves New England, I don't think he's going to play for another roster, I don't, for another team. 
I think that Tom Brady is going to look at his age. He's going to look at the the fact that the NFL is starting to get that new guard of young quarterbacks in, and he's going to be like, man, I do not want to try to go out there and look old against these young guys because he's going to look old against these young guys if he tries to go out there and move to a different city and try to get used to new receivers in a new city with a new coach, new offensive coordinator, new general manager. Like right now, he is the king of Boston. He owns that place. And the only way that they're going to grow to hate him is if he just completely falls off the face of the earth. And the thing that we know about Tom Brady is that he's very prideful. A lot of these quarterbacks, very prideful. We saw with Peyton Manning as well. Peyton Manning, as soon as he started to look old, Peyton Manning threw them two fingers up and he was out of Denver. And I think it's the same thing that could happen here with uh, with Tom Brady. So Tom Brady could be looking at it, and if he continues to play like he has, and yeah, you look at like his passing yard numbers, they're 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 pretty damn good. He's top ten in the league in passing yards. I think he's like thirty four hundred yards. But and you look at his touchdown interception numbers, like eighteen touchdowns, six interceptions, pretty good. Um, and certainly what you would like to see from uh, your franchise quarterback. I think a lot of teams would love to have a quarterback with 3,400 yards, 18 touchdowns, six picks. But he's not as efficient as he used to be. He's not as good under pressure like he used to be. When you know One of the, the key things that you would hear about Tom Brady is that he was so good against the blitz. When teams sent pressure, he was excellent at it. And, you know, the team, the thing that we have seen teams uh, do to order in order to beat him are we're going to send four guys and we're going to drop seven in coverage and we're going to dare you to throw against our coverage. And that's the reason why he's lost two Super Bowls to the Giants, because they were able to get pressure with four. They were able to drop seven and nobody was open. And because of that, they forced him into some mistakes. And I think that's where you're looking at this situation and he doesn't have the talent around him that he's had before. Doesn't have a safety net guy like Rob Gronkowski where he can just throw to that guy in any coverage. He's got Wes Welker. Oh, Wes Welker. He's got Julian Edelman, who is a, a poor man's Wes Welker. He doesn't have a running game right now. His best running back is probably James White. And James White is probably best utilized as a receiving back than he is as an actual running back. They can't run the football right now. They're 21st in the league at running the football. And if I'm in... His situation, I'm like, do I really want to stick around here and watch this team falter in the big matchups? And at the same time, we can see a physical decline. Do, does he really want to go out there and risk having his pride destroyed by this team not performing at the level that uh, I we have seen them perform at over the last few years? I mean, really, over the last nine, you know, 18 years? I don't think he's going to do that. And I do think that there is some fire to this smoke. I do think he's at least weighing his options about where he when he's going to leave. I think it all depends on what happens this year. If they, let's say they get a first round by, they get to the divisional round, they lose at home to whomever, he's done. I think if he loses an AFC championship game, he's done. I think the, unless it's unless it's really really close, then and and especially if. They can sell him on, hey, we've got some young guys that we can build around. Uh, we got, we, we're got we going to address this in the draft. We're going to address this in free agency. If they can sell him on some youth. They can probably get him back. But I think right now, I think there is, I think he is weighing his options about leaving and retiring from football. I mean, I think there was a report, was it a month or two ago, that he had put his house in Boston on the market. 
I don't think that's something that you that just happens out of nowhere. Maybe it's just, hey, I'm going to buy a different house. But it could also be I'm planning on moving out of the area. So I do think that there is certainly some merit to that. And I think that that's why it's so important for Mahomes to win on Sunday. Because if he wins on Sunday, he finally is able to do it. He's not been able to do in his career thus far, in his very short career, which is beat Patrick, beat uh, Tom Brady as the starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up next, we bring back a segment we used to do a lot during the summer. It's Dead to Me. In the fourth quarter, here on Overtime with Jillian and Chris. I am Chris Nocero. No Jillian Carroll this afternoon. Julio Sanchez is producing on the other side of the glass as we close out the live and local portion of our programming here on 610 Sports Radio. Um, we, uh, we used to do this segment all the time back during the summer because... Uh, there are a lot of people in, in the world of sports that would, uh, you know, you, you know, they get under your skin. They do some things that really anger you. And um, at some point, you get so tired of them, you're just finished with them. And at that point, they just become dead to you. So we are now resurrecting the segment that we used to do back in the summer. It is called Dead to Me. <laughs> You're dead to me, boy. You're more dead to me than your dead mother. You're nothing to me now. You're not a brother. You're not a friend. I don't want to know you or what you do. There is no tomorrow. You're dead to me. You're dead. You're gone. I don't even know who you are. You're vapor. You're dead to me. Over. We have brought back Dead to Me, and uh, this week, there is someone, and I think a lot of Chiefs fans would agree agree with me, needs to be dead and buried and put in the past, because his career as a Kansas City Chief was hot garbage, and we should no longer speak his name here. Here is former Chief Orlando Skandrick. He was early. He was on. I think it was yesterday on uh, Undisputed on oh FS1, boy. and he went out and spewed this blasphemy about Patrick Mahomes in front of Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Bottom line is Tom Brady three, Patrick Mahomes zero. Ooh, that Ooh. would be a bottom oh, you line. So? Wow, You're crazy. okay. It's already two. Yeah. Man. Mm-mm. Say three's a crap. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, uh, my homeboy did his job. If he could just get some defensive help. Oh, God. Can he get some defensive help? He gave you the lead. You, he did. I just want to know one thing, because you happen to be there. It just, it, no, 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 no. Hold on just a second. Mm-hmm. When my homeboy stepped off the field, mm-hmm. were you guys losing or winning that game? We was winning. Okay, then what happened? With the defense. We had D4 line up off sides, and, you know, that was all she was. Oh, you said, you said we. So that means you were Yeah, I was in the Chiefs. Oh, okay. So that's what I'm talking about. I was part of that. But, I mean, I watched the surgeon. I mean, I watched this guy. Carve y'all up. He's down. After that man did what he did. 10, three times in a row. I'm a believer. Mm, Thank you. I'm a witness. 
Yep. And my homeboy, my homeboy do. Lost. Yeah. Basically, courtesy of y'all. Y'all be ashamed of yourself. Carry this L. Who? I just want to know who went to my homeboy locker and say, "Man, I'm sorry. I let you down." Who did that? No, not me. Why not? Because <laughs> you was on there, let that, that man down. It was a collective. There wasn't no collective. Oh, nothing. Yes, it was. Y'all cost that man a championship. It was a collective effort. Y'all should have went by his locker. You, D. Ford, Chris Jones. Uh, 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 Houston, Raglan, all y'all should have went by and shook his hand. Man, I'm sorry. I'm, I let I'm you down. I respectfully disagree. No, I don't respectfully disagree. <laughs> I think I, I, I think I mirror a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans, a lot of people in, Chief, in, in Kansas City media when I say that Orlando Scandrick was hot garbage. When he played here in the red and gold, he was a trash cornerback. He was awful. He was terrible. He was I mean, he was a joke. Why? I mean, in the preseason, we knew he was bad. He was getting burned in the preseason. He's about as awful as the takes that he's trying to give on all these national media outlets. And this ain't the first stupid take no. that he said on national media. No. Because earlier this year, he was on uh, FS1, and he said, and I quote after getting cut by the, the Eagles, and they have a bad secondary, mind you. You get cut from a team with a bad secondary, you know you're trapped. <laughs> right. He said, and I quote, let's just say where there's smoke, there's fire. That locker room is different. I'd tell, I'd tell guys when I came there that I felt that they were still living off that Super Bowl high. It's over. They're living in the past, end quote. And, and the funny thing is, is the Eagles, they kept some of them receipts. Because after he said that on national TV, I think it was later that day, they sent out a tweet where he was mic'd up and he had actually come up to Malcolm Jenkins and praised him and talked all kinds of sweet nothings in his ear about his play. But then he wants to go out there and throw shade after he gets cut. This man has burned just about any bridge that he has left with the NFL. Like, yeah, and, and I mean, understand what he's doing. He's just trying to create controversy. I mean, he's thirty. To get his name he's thirty-two, there. and if you like watched him play last year, that should have burned oh, any bridge that mean, he had in the NFL. In, anyway, I don't mean in the respect of of getting being able to play in the NFL because I th- I think we all know that. Yeah, that, he can't that, play. That, yeah, that, he can't. That's, he can't, that's, he can't that do it anymore. Sale. But can't do it. Even just as far as you know wanting to interview players or get player perspectives or whatever the case may be. No one's going to want to interview with him. No one's going to want to talk with him now. He's, he's basically turned his back on, on everyone that he's played with. Why would, why would anyone give him any attention whatsoever? I'll tell you this. I sure as hell wouldn't bring him back. I'll tell you this. I would not want him in my locker room. I would not want him on my coaching staff because it's clear at this point that a, he doesn't know how to accept responsibility for his shortcomings because I'll tell you this. He absolutely should have been one of the people. Him and D. Ford, too. But I'm, I, I'd be willing to bet D. Ford did apologize to his teammates after what happened. But Orlando Scandra, he he needs to get uh, an edible arrangement or uh, 1-800-Flowers or something. He needs to have, like, a mariachi band singing behind him. He needs to apologize to Patrick Mahomes and to us as Chiefs fans for the terrible play that he showed last year. Because this man is one of the key reasons why that defense was trash. He gave up so many big plays. I mean, he was absolute garbage. And I'll tell you this, right now, or unless Orlando Scandrick comes on this show and brings us a presidential platter and apologizes for 30 minutes. You and, and apologizes, and, yeah, from Gates. Not going to happen. Bring your president, presidential platter for Gates. Talk to Tony Gonzalez, too, and get him to bring his ass here, too, and apologize. And for 30 minutes, just say you're Not sorry to Pat. You're sorry to Chiefs fans. Nope. Until he does that, Orlando Scandrick, you're dead to me.
Uh, we'll just run through mine real quick just because I don't really want to give this more attention than he already is getting or has gotten this this season in the NFL. And that is one Antonio Brown who is now whining and crying and, and trying to suck up and apologize because he wants to play. Yeah, when, he wants that money. Well, what, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, he was, I hate the NFL. I don't need the NFL. So now he's tweeting, I do take full responsibility for my actions, and I'm working every day to repair what I broke to the organizations that I've offended. I offer my sincere apology. No one wants to hear that, man. At, at this point, like, just stay out of the media. Like that is the best thing that could possibly that he could possibly do is stay out of the media. Don't put your name out there. Get your ducks in a row. Come back next year. Prove that you can stay out of the media and not be a nuisance. And then we can talk. Otherwise, man, take your ball and go home. No one no one wants to deal with your nonsense anymore. You're you're dead to me. It's hard to believe to that Antonio Brown is he's uh, not, he's not is reformed. It's hard to believe no, he's that not. he's a changed man. This proves that he's not. Oh, yeah, because this is a guy that has – he was wishy-washy all offseason, goes to the Raiders. Well, first off, he demands a trade from the Steelers, gets traded to the Raiders, and then the Raiders, he's hot and he's cold. He wants to be there. He wants to be in the silver and black, and then he doesn't. He wants to get traded. He wants to get released. And then he ends up in New England, and then, he, you know, when the whole situation came down, he tried to be classy about it, but then afterwards – kind of back and forth, kind of hot and cold again. And now he's trying to be apologetic because he knows that he might have messed up his last shot at the NFL. And he wants to set himself up for the 2020 season. I 100% agree. But at the end of the day, you have to keep your nose out of trouble. And when you become a problem child, when you start bringing your issues off the field onto the field, when you start causing problems for the team outside of football, that's an issue. And I, I agree with you. He needs to stay off of social media. He needs to stay out of the limelight and make sure that he keeps his nose clean so we can get an opportunity next season. And with that, that is the resurrection of Dead to Me. If we need to kill off some people next week, we will absolutely bring it back. But coming up next, we give you our final thoughts about this Chiefs-Patriots game tomorrow afternoon, and we give you our final score prediction. That's next. Overtime with Jillian and Chris, 610 Sports Radio. here on Overtime with Jillian and Chris here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com and the radio.com app. If you missed any other part of the show, make sure you check out the podcast page, 610sports.com, radio.com app. Search for Overtime and you should find us and you can listen to any part of the show. We talked about the Chiefs defense being better than I think we've been giving it credit for. We've been talking about Darwin Thompson and how he should be getting the nod at the starting running back position tomorrow. Talk about Tom Brady and uh, how this might be his final year up there in New England. You want to hear all that? You want to hear all the Chiefs takes we got? Then look for that on the podcast page after the show. So now it is time here as we have a couple minutes left in the show to give our predictions for this Chiefs-Patriots matchup 
Sunday afternoon, 325. And I think, and I, I talked about this early in the show, I think this is the worst Patriots team that we have seen since 2002. This team's not great. This team has a lot of weaknesses. We heard from Christian Fourier earlier from WEEI that this team can't, you know, you have receivers that can't run slants. You've got one consistent weapon in uh, in Julian Edelman or uh, a broke man's Wes Walker, as I called him earlier in the show. You don't have a running game. 21st in the league are running the football. That ain't great. And you are coming off of a couple of losses to a couple of teams that I think if you a, a couple months ago we would have picked that picked the Patriots to beat them. They faced off against the the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. They got shredded 37-10. You faced off against the Houston Texans last week. Lost 29-22 in Sunday Night Football. Now they welcome in a Kansas City Chiefs team that might be feeling themselves a little bit. Not too much, but they might be feeling themselves a little bit. Two wins in the division. You go to Mexico City and beat the Chargers, and you beat them in a defensive game. You beat them with your defense. Four interceptions off of the uh, potential Hall of Famer, though I don't think he deserves to be in Hall of Fame, in Phillip Rivers. And then you come back home and you face off against your most hated rival, the Oakland Raiders, soon to be the Las Vegas Raiders. And you massacred them defensively. You shut them down. Your defense was the strength of your team. Derek Carr looked like he doesn't belong in the NFL at the quarterback spot. And now you are going into Foxborough against a a New England team that looks as vulnerable as I have ever seen. And you can look at their record. You can say this team looks great. And this this team's defense, man, they, they number one in the league. They average, like, I think they give up like 14 points per game, which is so hard to do. But they've been playing garbage teams for most of the year. The two best teams they played this year, they lost to. And now they are facing the third in that trifecta of young, great quarterbacks with Patrick Mahomes. And this Chiefs team is going to be as confident as they'll be because now they know that they can go out and they can face off with anybody and they can beat them if their defense just plays complimentary football so final score prediction i think the kansas city chiefs beat the new england patriots 31 to the patriots 16 i do not think this patriots offense is going to get going maybe they'll get maybe they'll get 10 points early on in the game but i think the chiefs offense will get going and they will push it back. Quick score from you, Julio. What do you think's final score? 32-24, Chiefs. 32-24. That's a little bit more points than I give the than I give the Patriots, but I do think that that's certainly possible. I want to say special thanks to Julio Sanchez for doing all the hard work. Special thanks to you, the listener, for taking time out of your evening to listen to us. I am Christian Ocero. This is Overtime here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the radio.com app. Overtime with Jillian and Chris, 610 Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.